Hello, I'm Kathy Martirosian. And I'm Gary Cristofero, and this is Torah Talk. The intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. Here, we have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics, and where we fit into God's plans in the 21st century. If you could partner with God, would you? today. It is. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk today. I'm thinking um, maybe we can talk a little bit about the uh, concept of remembering. I was listening the other day, actually watching um, an old movie, um, but a favorite, an oldie but a goodie, and it was uh, The Lion King. Oh. And um, we've all seen it. Mm-hmm. And love all the music. <laughs> <laughs> but there's an interesting scene in The Lion King, and in it, uh, young Simba, who's lost his father and kind of lost his way, so to speak, um, Rafiki, the monkey, I think he's a monkey, brings him back and he looks into uh, uh, the water and he sees a reflection, his reflection, and then he sees his father. And his father, uh, Mufasa, now speaks to his son Simba. And he says, He says to him, you have forgotten who you are Mm -hmm. and so have forgotten me. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, remember who you are, remember. And it's a really powerful scene there. Uh And it literally changes Simba's life and his direction. That's, right a, there. that's a great point. That's you know? a great point. It's just so it's a, it's a so he's going remember and remember mm. and I and, and I I was struck by that because that is so profound. You have forgotten who you are mm-hmm. and so have forgotten me. And I'm like, wow, doesn't that apply to us sometimes? Yeah, I, it's funny because one of my favorite lines in that movie is from Raf- Rafiki. And he said, you don't even know who you are. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it's true. We, we, we struggle all our lives trying to find purpose and meaning if we don't know who we are in him, in the creator, in the one true God. I, I, I love that. I love that great character. Well, you know, the, the Hebrew idea, the Hebrew word for um, remembering, to remember is zakar. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this idea is not about just kind of a mental exercise, like let's go through the files in my head and pull something out. Uh-huh. Okay, to try to to think about it. Um, remembering in Hebrew, as many things are, is actually a to do. Yeah, isn't that the way in Hebrew? <laughs> it's always about doing. It's, it's always, always about, about doing. Yeah. It's always about doing. So then something as simple as, you know, thinking in your head actually turns into doing. And, you know, there's a lot of examples we just read through the Torah portion recently, and we were, we were reading about Noah. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So Noah's in the ark, and all the animals, and it has rained, um, and the the earth is covered with water, and it says that God remembered Noah. That's right. And then what happened? It's, that's when he stopped the flood. That's when the flood <laughs> stopped, and it said that, you know, he remembered him, and he sent a saving, flood-drying wind, okay? He sent a wind, okay, that started to push everything away. So God's remembering came with that divine act of mercy. That's right. 
he remembered and he did yeah. something. I think there's, there's such a consistent biblical principle of, in regards to it's not just thinking something, it's doing it. it it's not actual faith or in the Hebrew imuna until you're, you're actually doing it. You know, faithfulness, yes. faithfulness to the word of God. So, yeah, I think this is a principle that you could apply throughout and definitely for in our lives. Well, and, you know, in God's word, I, I, I think about the um, Rachel. He remembers Rachel and he opened her womb, mm. you know. And then there's Joseph. Mm-hmm. If you think about Joseph, Joseph says, you know, he's in prison and he um, he's with the cupbearer. And he asks the cupbearer, he says, remember me. That's right. Okay, there's that word, Zakar. Okay, mm-hmm. remember me when it's well with you. And please do me the kindness to remember me to Pharaoh. So, so he can get out of the house. He wants right. to get out of the prison, basically. Right. Obviously, it's more than just reminding right. him he's there. Exactly. He wants out. He yeah. doesn't want Pharaoh to go, hey, there's this great guy. <laughs> he can do these really cool things there back in prison. You know, yeah. we tell you about that. It's not that kind of remembering. He right. wants him to remember and, and ask Pharaoh to engage in an act exactly. of mercy. Exactly. Yes. You know, yeah. exactly. So, so Joseph is thinking in, in exactly these same kind of uh, words. So, so this Hebrew idea of remembering is is a is a full body activity, not just mm-hmm. a mind mm-hmm. activity. And I was thinking, you know, it's not unlike one of our concepts of remembering too. If, for instance, you remember your wife's birthday. Right? Right. You know, or she wants you to remember it. She doesn't want you just to think about it in your head. That's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You better do something. (laughs) You better do something. Exactly. I think about with my husband, I say, did you remember to take out the trash? Okay. I I say that at night. Okay. Before he gets to bed, you remember to take out the trash? Well, I didn't mean, did you just think about it? Right. I was like, did you actually actually take out the trash? Okay. So it's, that's, that, that idea is not so terribly, um, you know, unusual to us either. But, um, so it's interesting. The Bible also talks about when God forgets. So in the Psalms, um, it says, has God forgotten to be gracious? Well, the psalmist isn't saying, okay, has God a little bit absent-minded? Right, you know, no, it's more than that. Yeah. <laughs> But what happens is when God forgets, quote marks, he doesn't engage in a particular action. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's a very common human emotion when we see suffering of any kind. We're wondering where God is in all of that. Exactly. I mean, of course, that's a very profound question. Um, we don't have the mind of God, and we wonder sometimes what it is that we're going through. When in retrospect, sometimes we see that it was the best thing that could possibly exactly. have happened, that God had let it run its course. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it doesn't feel like it at it the doesn't time. Feel like I it think at the that time. David was good at, at, at sh- kind of sharing that feeling. It's like, did God forget me? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or does he remember me? But, you know, when you think about it, we're kind of um, self remembering creatures yeah we think about ourselves well that is true you know we think think about ourselves what's best for us first Mm -hmm. you know as i was uh thinking about all of this and i was preparing i was like 
there's this really interesting phrase. I learned a new phrase, okay, in Latin. Oh, all really? Right? Yes, okay. okay. <laughs> now, all the priests know it, but I didn't know this, okay? <laughs> so the phrase is homo in, in curvatus in C, mm-hmm. all right? It literally means man turned in on himself. Yeah. Okay, now think about that. It, this, this phrase was coined by St. Augustine, mm-hmm. okay? Martin Luther used it a thousand years later. And it really talks about how when we, rem- we tend to remember ourselves first. Yeah. We turn in on ourselves first, okay? And think about ourselves and think, what's beneficial to me? Yeah, that, that, that you've got to think that's probably our first reaction. Most times we have to train ourselves in, in yes. order to not make that our, our instinctive reaction. I, I, and I think that that is, in fact, uh, it, it's almost, that's almost a definition of sin in and of itself, in, mm. in, in a way. Think about yourself first. What feels good to you what yeah. you know uh, well that's that hits on a bad yeah. topic well because really i mean when that is why i've always emphasized it when when speaking to people to understand the big picture to try to see through the eyes of god i mean and that sounds like a monumental task but it's right here in the word of god mm-hmm. if we can see what he is doing what his plan has as he has spelled it out through the torah and through the prophets if we line ourselves with that then you have a tendency to think less myopically you're not yes. looking at things as it affects your small little world but more as as it is affecting the the global plan and i know you love the idea of the you know the, the idea of restoration mm-hmm. the restoration of all things how does it affect that exactly. and when you can do that you can i think you can operate in a less selfish manner i think in a less selfish manner and and Ironically, when you turn in on yourself, uh, you think you're doing something for your own benefit, but often in the long run, it's not for your benefit. Very true. That's the irony of it. Yes. If, if it's uh, if it's if it's focusing on you, then it 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 sometimes can be self-destructive. Even. Yeah, yeah. How many times have we seen that? Exactly, and we've yeah. seen it a lot. But you know, when we look we look at God's word, and we look at probably the best example of this concept of of remember remember god's wanting his people to remember and if you look at the israelites okay god rescues them out of egypt mm-hmm. okay he brings them out into the uh, into the desert with all of these signs and all of these wonders okay amazing things right sure and you have to think if you go through and you experienced all of those amazing things those plagues and every, you know everything happening in the sea parting You'd think you wouldn't forget that. (laughs) But once again, okay, you think in this terms, okay, maybe in your brain, but what are you doing about that in your life? Okay, so the Israelites forgot that yeah what god did for yeah them. they may mentally have remembered mm-hmm. the events but but by the fact that they complained and didn't have they, they thought they were going to die here in the wilderness after witnessing all these events felt that god would not 
be able to accomplish his plan. And by in so doing, yes, they're forgetting it, the, the great mighty acts that they saw, what that meant. Right. And how much he's, he's shown them that he cared and was involved. You know, there's a big debate about whether God is just the God who put all things into motion and then has just forgotten about mankind, or is he the intimate God who, who cares about the affairs of man? Exactly. And I think he made that very, very clear <laughs> in the case of the the Exodus. Yes, you know, it's interesting. I um, was reading a book and they were talking, it was talking about, well, you, know, you read the Bible, but this was a book about the Exodus. And it, it was talking about how they longed, the Bible says this, they longed for the things that were in Egypt because they, they had actually forgotten mm-hmm. what life was really like. How, for how them. bad it really how was. How bad it really was yeah, that yeah. they were, and what they remembered, they remembered incorrectly. They sure. were like, okay, you know, that was good for some reason, you know. And somehow they had changed their, their whole attitude about it, <laughs> yet, yet they were remembering the fruit and all the things that they had, yet they were doing this under the worst of circumstances. They were oppressed, they were slaves. And yet somehow that, 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 that in their minds, they turned that into, well, at least we had food or, you At know, least we had food. You yeah. Know, and they didn't trust God. And yet we do the same thing. Yeah. And yet we do the same thing. You know, we, we remember uh, incorrectly, maybe. I don't know if that's or we don't remember at all. But it translated, at least for them, into not doing, not trusting God as they went forward. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a... Uh, interesting um, idea when you look at the word zakar in Hebrew it, it, it's spelled with three letters um, the uh, Zion the Kuf and the Resh okay mm-hmm. and um, there's another Hebrew word that's spelled with those three letters in that same order with the same sound and it's the Hebrew word for male as in male and female mm-hmm. and uh, now we have that kind of idea even in English, like if you think about the, the, the words weather and weather, W-E-A-T-H-E-R and W-H-E-T-H-E-R, idol and idol. So we have that same concept. Um, but in Hebrew, it's generally significant when uh, words share those same uh, letters in the same order, okay? Mm-hmm. Like they'll, 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 they'll call the parent of the word the, the parent consonants. And um, it, so it's intriguing if you think of this male, as in male and female, uh, to kind of think, okay, how does this fit in with remember? How is this possibly related? And one of our favorite Torah teachers, Skip Moen, was talking about this in his book, the Guardian Angel, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend, and we sure. get to talk about that some more <laughs> some other time. But he says in The Guardian Angel, he talks about man is called to remember, in particular to remember God and his obligations to God. So in a sense, Adam bears the image of God as the one who is called to remember what God said, who God is, and to act accordingly. Act accordingly. Yes. I, I love. I love. You mentioned Skip, and I. Th- I th- we read this also in um, the Five Thousand Year Leap. Yes. They both have this concept of being fully human is to be is to uh, to obey God's natural laws and to to do exactly what God instructed man to do uh, is to be fully human. So if man 
forgets, if man is doing less than what God calls him to do, he's not fully human. That's I think right. that's an incredible statement. And, you know, we're the only creature of God's creation who could claim that because all of all of creation is doing what it was intended to do, <laughs> except for man. Except now, for us. He gave, he gave us free choice and we choose to forget. We choose to disobey and therefore uh, fail in our mission to become fully human. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we, we can think of those in terms of uh, making choices and we can think of it in terms of forgetfulness, uh, mm-hmm. forgetting who God was. I know Deuteronomy 8 is talking about Israel and he, he says to Israel, he goes, if you ever forget the Lord your God, if you ever forget me, basically, and you go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you that you will surely perish. Yeah. You yeah. will surely perish. Like the nations the Lord makes to perish before you, you shall perish because you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Yeah, there's that self-destructive uh, yes, nature that we exactly, have. exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Making those choices, okay, mm-hmm. because we forgot. And the, and the Bible is, is full of those. You know, Jeremiah says, For my people have forgotten me, mm-hmm. okay? They burn incense to worthless gods. They've stumbled from their ways, from the ancient paths, to, to walk in bypaths, not on a highway. They've stumbled, they've forgotten, they've fallen off of the ancient path. Yeah. Now, see, that, that's, that is the answer right there. You're, you're so right. I mean, the ancient path, we have been given instruction by God. I, I don't believe that the Torah, the first five books of uh, what we call our Bible, is just for the Jews, mm-hmm. just for the Jewish people. That that was a universal code of conduct, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and I believe, uh, I think we can prove that through mm-hmm. throughout the scripture as it calls for one law, quotation marks, one inst- set of instruction for the Jew and, and for the Gentile. Right. Uh, I believe that was God's intention for mankind, especially those uh, that would claim to represent him. Exactly. And, you know, you said it. Is that it's a it's an instruction, right. okay? So the, the the Bible uses the word law lots of times, mm-hmm. which kind of has a negative connotation. But what you're talking about here is instructions or teachings. That's what mm-hmm. Torah is. It's those instructions or teachings, and uh, why wouldn't we want? to to remember those instructions and teachings and do those instructions and teachings well, <laughs> from God. Well, absolutely. Think about that logically for a moment. If yeah. we believe in a creator who is all-powerful, who has created all things seen and unseen, which we do, and most people will at least acknowledge that. Right. I mean, for the most part, I think most people would acknowledge there is a creator. Right. If he is has that type of wisdom or ability, don't you think we could learn a thing or two from him? Don't you think it would be logical to follow his instruction? I mean, but this this it's such a, a quick uh, ability to reject that type of wisdom or that type of instruction in, in somehow inherent in mankind, which is sad. Well, yes, that instruct rejecting that which is really just another form of idolatry, a more yeah. modern form of idolatry, because we think that um, we've got something better. We've got something better that we're focused on, we're spending our time with. Sometimes, many times that something better is ourselves, mm-hmm. okay? And whatever we 
think, say, or do, yeah. okay, being more important than what than what God said. But you know, this this idea of this this ancient path and God's warning, don't get off of the ancient path. And the the ancient path, even in Jeremiah, it says, stand by the ways and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. Okay, there you find rest. That's where we go back, okay, where is that ancient path? What is that ancient path? I think you and I would agree that God's teachings are that ancient path. Absolutely. We, you know? we fully agree. And I, th- I, would be- I would go so far as to say that so did the first century believers mm-hmm. in, the, in the Messiah that we know as Yeshua or mm-hmm. Jesus. They called it the way. That's right. They, you know, it was the way down that path. It was always uh, the, going back to that instruction, that ancient path. That in itself speaks of action, walking. What walking. do you do on a path? You don't, you just stare at the path and go nowhere. The idea of having an ancient path is to traverse it, to go, to to do, to walk, to get right. someplace. That's right. Even in Matthew 7, talks about that way, mm-hmm. that path that you were mm-hmm. just saying. Enter by the narrow gate, mm-hmm. uh, for wide is the gate and broad is the way or the path that leads to destruction. Right. And lots of people go that way. Sure. Lots of people go that way. Yet it says the the you know it says to enter by the narrow way, the narrow path, and um, uh, few people choose it. Yeah. Very few people choose it. Well, that's why this can be a very unpopular message <laughs> that we're sharing here. I think. <laughs> I just I just have this feeling. <laughs> it can be very. It can be unpopular, unpopular because but it's a narrow you know, way. When, and when we get off of this path, okay, you know, what happens when we get off? When we forget, we end up with the kinds of problems that I think we are having today. We get off the path, we forget God, uh, we get confused. Yeah. We get, we, that's what off the path is. It's like, okay, we get confused. We get confused about something that's as simple in Torah as what is a man and what is a woman? Mm. Okay. Wow, well, is that, yeah. Okay. Exactly. We're, we're somehow confused about that. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're somehow confused about that. Um, I was listening the other day, and I, not to be insensitive in any way, but I was listening on the radio, and it was talking about a commercial for feminine products, and it was saying how uh, that all people need these. Uh, and we're you- like, what? <laughs> Seriously. You know, it's like it's like people need these products. And I'm like, well, no, not all people. Wow. You know? Are you serious? I'm serious. That's where it's gone. We have so forgot. Very basic back in Genesis. Okay. Yeah. You know, God created this man and this woman as two separate beings with very separate purposes working together to, to, to fulfill yes. his purposes, you know, but we forget that we, so we get confused about uh, marriage. What is marriage? Uh, do we have one man and one woman or one man and one man or one woman and one woman or maybe it's one man and lots of women or maybe it's a man and some children or maybe it's some animal I mean where it's does a, it go? It's a long way from the path. It's, it's a, a slippery slope way. right off of the path. It's way off the path. We even get into stuff where we get confused about God's justice and I, I, I do want to talk some other time more about justice and the concept that we hear all the time of social justice. Yeah. 
um, there's a great confusion about that right now, about, you know, Jesus as a great social justice warrior, creating Jesus and creating God in our own image. Yeah, exactly. And we could probably spend an entire program and we will on someday. that. <laughs> For over 25 years, Ezra International has been helping the poorest of the poor Jewish people escape poverty and persecution. In fact, Almost 80,000 Jewish people have now returned to Israel with our help. The average cost to rescue one Jewish person is $360. Your gift of just $30 a month over one year can help return a Jewish person to Israel and restore their hope for a better future. Please go to EzraInternational.org and give your best gift today. I want to say something. You were talking about some of the big hitters like male, female, yeah. and marriage. But, you know, we, we studied something just this past torts portion about um, even the smaller things being huge in the long run. And that is when, when we read the commentary about Noah, no, the Noah uh, com- um, Torah portion, which better known as Noah, had a commentary, a commentary that I thought was so profound. And that was it was talking about they were they were uh, stealing from one another, just petty theft and not thinking twice about it, not batting an eye, just become common practice. And how up to date I thought it was because and I I mentioned uh, in our Torah study, nothing new under the sun, because I had just watched uh, this past week about people walking into drugstores grabbing things off the shelves as if it were theirs, walking out with no remorse and no law there to stop them. Um, of course, there's there's the new riots in the streets. I, we might date this podcast, but it was in Philadelphia just recently, I guess yesterday. Um, and they were going into stores and taking everything out. It doesn't belong to them. The, the, the commentary in the, in the Midrash was that this common petty thievery was such an affront to, you know, to God that it was, it was, it's going to destroy the very fabric of society because it's, it's ignoring even the simplest basic laws. Right. And I know we're if gonna, we can't get it right in even the small things, yes. how can we possibly get it right in, in the big things? Exactly. But, you know, and yeah. yet we're, we're, we're twisting through hoops and bending over backwards, some are, to try to justify that behavior. There's nothing that justifies stealing someone else's belongings. In, and, and that's exactly what all it was, was right. trying to, to, to loot and get, gain yes. product. It was nothing about the, the initial protest, um, which, again, is a whole other topic. Right. Uh, but but it's, the, it's destroying the fabric of our society. Yes. It's anarchy. Yes. If we don't uphold even the simplest laws. Even the simplest laws. You know, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about our nation. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you said we might date it. Wouldn't it be nice if we did date it, and some of the rioting and stuff becomes a thing of the past? Yes, that would be wonderful. <laughs> that would be wonderful, and yeah. I'd be happy to to date ourselves in that way. You know, um, but I, uh, you know, I want to look at this concept of you know this nation that we have, and and talk about it in terms of uh, our topic of remembering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, the, the Founding Fathers fully understood how important it was for a citizenry 
to periodically kind of remember where they came from. In fact, there was a there was an old adage that says a people must from time to time refresh themselves at the wellspring of their origins lest they perish. Mm. Sounds very biblical to me. Yes, it okay. does. But it's, it's, it's right on. It's right on topic here. Exactly. Yes. So, the, and, and, and the founders knew that. The founders knew their Bibles. Okay. Yes, they did. Yes, they that's, did. In that's... fact, the founders were very, very well read. I, You know, uh, you, you brought up the book, The 5,000 Year Leap, which we both read again recently. And um, I, developed a, I developed a whole newfound appreciation for the founders and respect for them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they were very well read. Very well read and very sensitive to this these issues because they knew that if they zeroed in on one particular denomination or faith or even, say, Christianity versus Judaism, they knew that that would cause division in this country that we were trying to unite. Mm -hmm. And so they were very careful in how they worded things, but what were, were very clear in their belief that there was a creator who oh, yes. had created a particular order yes. and that there were certain uh, laws or or. Uh, uh, a code of morality that all faiths could agree upon. Exactly. And that's how they worded their documents, so that there would be no division, there would be no daylight between Judaism and Christianity, and even some other religions uh, that would stand up for morality and what was right, the difference between right and wrong. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, because I heard just the other day um, a commentator talking about how um, it used to be that we had things that we could all agree on. It used to be. It used to be, okay? And I think this is getting at the essence of what you're talking about with the founders, is that they, um, there was this understanding that there was a creator mm -hmm. and there was a order that's that correct. he created, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, even uh, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, is really God so loved the cosmos. The word for that is or cosmos is order. He so loved his order that That's he right. placed on things, okay? Um, his order, not ours, okay? That's right. <laughs> he knows better. <laughs> he set things up, uh, loved that so much that that's why he gave his son, is to maintain or reestablish, restore, re restore yes. that particular order. And so the, the, the founders had these this understanding of of order uh it that order that understanding even predates them yeah. you know as, as we were reading even in that book you know cicero who lived in rome exactly. between like 106 and 46 bc so okay 50 some odd years before jesus mm -hmm. okay you know he was a great philosophical thinker and He's the one who came up with this idea that the founders loved, which was natural law. Natural law. Okay, yes. it was natural law. is laws that fit within the creator's order of the universe. So there was a common recognition that there was a creator. And then, so what Cicero thought is that if we all agree there's a creator, which we could agree on there, um, they said, then... It only makes sense that as you govern a nation, as you engage in human relations and so forth, that you do it in a way that's consistent with that order. That's right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Cicero, I'm glad you brought him up because I saw, as I was reading those comments, Cicero, without... Um, you know, without being Jewish or Christian, yes. identified uh, for the world. 
that that you know the God's law, his, his you know the great when when Yeshua was or Jesus, depending on how you identify him, uh, when he was approached and asked what was what was the greatest commandments, he talked about loving God first. And then talked about loving your fellow man, right? Those were that was the two greatest commandments. Cicero identified that. Right. He and 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 this is why the founding fathers uh, related with him as well, because he knew that they knew that by though that very what I guess what they thought was an easy thing to agree <laughs> thing to on, agree on yes. they could base all you know the laws of the country the founding uh, cicero said um, uh, that it was the glue which holds a body of human beings together in the commonwealth of the just society and it's love love of god love of god's great law of justice and love of one's fellow man which provides the desire to promote true justice among mankind now that is that. This that is exactly the, what Jesus said. Isn't yeah. that what he would have said? And isn't yeah. it what the founding fathers tried to yes. promote? They're trying to promote a, a an opportunity of equal rights. Mm -hmm. They weren't they weren't guaranteeing equal results. Right. They were guaranteeing equal rights. What you do with those rights was up to you. Exactly, exactly. And they said that then that concept then was it came from God. Those rights came from God. That's right. Okay, therefore they didn't come from government and they can't be taken away by government, although we know throughout history <laughs> that's what governments have tried to do. They tried to you do. Know, that's what they've tried to do. You know, there was a, a something else that, that, that I had read there about Cicero and it said he wrote that to sin was to alter God's law or order or to abolish it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's exactly what Jesus says, yeah. okay, in Matthew 5, 17. I haven't come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish, but to fulfill them. And he tells us that not a single jot, the smallest little thing, okay, will disappear from the law until everything's accomplished. He And, and, and we're also warned to not add to and not take away from God's right. laws, okay? Yeah, we yeah. always do it. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, again, a tendency that we can't seem so to get away from. We always do that. But you know, I, I, I have, like I said, such an imagination, such a, a respect for the the founders. You know, when Thomas Jefferson was was writing the Declaration, he he talked about this concept of natural law, and he just he used the words these are the laws of nature and nature's God. Yes, he did. Okay, and this is what he was talking about this concept that Cicero had that there there existed this law, uh, uh, this natural law, this law given by a creator, um, and 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 Jefferson and uh, define these natural laws. He defined three of the main ones, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, mm -hmm. okay? Three things given by God that, once again, we should all be able to agree on. You would think so. You would yes. think we could all yeah. agree yeah. on these things. Now, you could say pursuit of happiness could definitely be in, uh, you know, interpreted in different ways. Yeah. The founders had very clear ideas what of that how that, what that meant. Yeah. And uh, a lot of it was connected with property and the protection of personal property. In mm -hmm. fact, even the two of the commandments, covetedness and do not steal, are related to that concept of having personal property yes, and how are. important personal property was so um, but you would think that even this concept of life 
we could come to agreement we could have agreement on it, and it's so hard it's hard to fathom how far we've oh. gone down that slope of not agreeing upon life you know to the point now we're talking about ending life even up to birth and sometimes and after. after birth and that, that I, how did we get here that Kathy I mean how how can we f- forget yes. God's word to that extent to where we won't even agree on life. Exactly. You know, once again, you, you, you just forget, get off that path, you, you stray a little bit, mm-hmm. then you stray a little more and a little yeah. more, and uh, soon you're just going in a complete opposite direction. Yeah. A complete, it's, in fact, it's, you know, that's why the word repent means to make a complete 180 degree turn. Yeah. It's because we've gone in a complete opposite direction. Yeah, and I think I got the image, when you said talked about going off the path, I immediately thought of going so far off that path that no longer you can no longer see it. And no. what does that describe? You're lost. You're lost. You're, lost. Yeah. You're out there, and now every man's right in his own mind. We don't have a path. We don't have clear direction, and it, it's it's a lost situation. And and we see that even um, today in our nation, we we forget these origins. Um, even life, something as simple as life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But even in this concept of natural law, you know, much of our constitution comes from this idea, very, very basic, okay, yeah. very basic, things like limited government, okay, that, that's, a, that's a natural law concept, uh, separation of powers, self-preservation, Second mm-hmm. Amendment, mm-hmm. natural law concept that you You're have right. the right well, to okay. defend yourself and defend your loved ones, you know, so even the idea of taxation without representation, even those come from natural law ideas, mm-hmm. are, and our, our founders uh, uh, were able to agree on those things. Now, they couldn't always, they didn't always agree on how to get to each of these things, but they agreed that those things were extremely, extremely important. Yes, they were. And, and uh, uh, the protection of family and marriage, that was another one, is how important it was to protect that as a foundational institution uh, of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, we, this is so foundational. But, you know, so we forget that as a nation. We don't teach it. No. In fact, I, you know, I hear so many times people saying that the, the founders were deists in the sense that they just believed there was a God. But you can see in all of their writings how, how it was an integral part of their lives, that it was more than just a, okay, he's out there somewhere. It was, he was, they were engaged, he's engaged in our lives, and we need to realize that. You mentioned Thomas Jefferson, and one of one of the quotes that I find uh, so perfectly uh, appropriate is, the liberty to worship our Creator in the way we think most agreeable to His will is a liberty deemed in other countries incompatible with good government and yet proved by our experience to be the best support. He, he saw it as the best thing for supporting a government is a people who, who worshipped him in, in, a, in, a, in alignment with the way he desired us to live. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, that's huge. If we're, if we're living according to the will and word of God, and now we have the liberty 
to, to worship him. And that's not in opposition to government. It's its best support. It's his best support. I think yeah. the founders talked about that. They did. I think um, Washington even uh, said that. They, they, they talked about how important... Um, they identified it as religion. We can identify it as faith or right. you know, uh, worship or whatever we want to we mm-hmm. want to call it. But how critical that was as a component. And yet, we see in our day, um, in particularly in 2020, um, the government doing things to restrict our liberty yes. and, and res- uh, our liberty to worship uh, God as we we see fit, mm-hmm. as we feel that is consistent with God's order. And we so they uh, we see that in state after state being shut down. And, and once again, it almost goes back to what I said, in an effort by government and those in power, um, to do what they think is best, they're actually hurting the entire nation. Yeah, that's a great point. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, the nation can will crumble yes. from within. In this attempt to, whether it's gain power or wealth uh, by some, uh, thinking that somehow faith in America is is a detriment or mm-hmm. uh, prevents them from accomplishing their goals, they're destroying the country from within. They, they, I believe it's because so many of the things that we spoke of, uh, such as the abortion issue, such as, you know, the, the right to protect yourself, all these things, we come up against them, uh, or let's just call it what it is, from the left uh, in this country, they, they, they despise these things for whatever reason. Therefore, the biggest uh, hindrance or the ones blocking their path for for their, their way, path, their, their path, path for yes. their way, are the people of faith. Exactly. And so it becomes this this uh, almost uh, to the point of hatred. We need to shut you down. You need you, we got to get you out of your churches. We got to keep you from expressing your beliefs, your faith, so that we can push our agenda. Exactly. And I think the founding fathers, uh, as much as they were faithful men, found that they, they, there was room for people to live their lives in disbelief if they want or unbelief right. if they wanted to. Yes. But they, they were trying to protect all mankind from from you um, you becoming oppressive with your unbelief or your belief exactly. yeah you don't one yeah we, they're trying to protect one way or the other don't don't push your faith on me don't push your unbelief, Un- on, unbelief me. on me that was where that was the fine line they were trying to walk but wanted to give us that freedom right. to worship as we chose right. as we please and i think that because we have forgotten these critical foundational concepts that our, our founding fathers knew they, they lived through not having them, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So they knew how critical they were. We have not, in our generations, except for those who've come here from this nation, from other, pl- other places, we've not lived through that time yeah. yet, and hopefully we don't, uh, where we don't have that, that, that freedom to, to worship. We don't value it. We yeah, we, that's what that we don't you value don't value what is so freely given. That's yes. that's a good point because I've heard it in my line of work from people from the former Soviet Union, from other from socialist countries. They're shouting the warning. 
If you look at the the political spectrum today, people from Cuba, people from South American countries that have suffered through communism or socialism are shouting the warning, you don't want this. Exactly. Because they know what it's like to have no freedom to to, to worship and and to see their fortunes crumble away um, at the hands of this attempt. You mentioned social justice a moment ago. Mm -hmm. This attempt to distribute wealth uh, in in a in a, uh, a perverted attempt to equalize right. the playing field. Right. Like I said, the founding fathers said we want to give equal opportunity. opportunity. You can't force equal results. Exactly. You know, and so you've got those people coming here from other nations, sounding the alarm because they see it. Right. And yet, and a 2019 survey from this was done by the uh, Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. Mm. Victims of Communism, Victims. okay? 2019 said that 70% of millennials in this poll said that they were somewhat or extremely likely to vote for a socialist candidate. Wow, is that scary? 70% because you could say they've forgotten, we haven't taught them yeah. what that means okay that's true and i hope um, that we're reaching millennials exactly. i hope that i hope that we can with with the the limited wisdom that we have right. share share these thoughts i believe that they're from the heart of god yes. uh, as a warning to yes. millennials not to, to to at least at least look carefully investigate do your homework yes. before making that decision exactly you know because if you don't do that you don't see that history of literally in the in the 20th and 21st century hundreds of millions of people who have died in the hands of socialist communists um uh not to mention all the untold misery yeah. I, i'm reading another book and um it, it's called the devil and Karl marx mm. and paul kenger and i i recommend it although it's not easy reading and it's not for the faint of heart in sure. some sections because it it graphically uh, uh, explains what has happened historically in some of these nations run by socialist communists you know we i i think we'll talk about this sometime in the future socialism is just kind of a uh, a bus stop on the way to communism that's absolutely okay? right a yes. lot of, a lot of people don't understand that mm -hmm. okay um and the communists understand it though they sure fully they understand it yes. they know that that's just a little rest stop before they get to you know full-fledged communism total total totalitarian control mm -hmm. of everything which they see as a utopia, ironically, you know, <laughs> a utopia that has failed. That every, has failed at every, every time, it's been, time it's been tried. Yes. Yes. Exactly, but um, the, the this book stresses that the, how the communists understood, um, even, like here, even in the U.S. back in the '30s, '40s, and '50s, there was an awareness that. Communism was a bad thing, mm -hmm. and we didn't want it in our country. Okay, even right. in Congress, there were right. you know and stuff like that. They knew it. They they had committees and and and, and they talked to you know people involved, and the communists knew that the way they were going to take down this nation, it was through taking down the church, mm -hmm. people of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, their biggest obstacle. That was their biggest yeah. obstacle. Now they had other. They 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 did understand uh, culture, mm -hmm. media, journalism. They yeah. understood that. Propaganda. They understood. And, yes, <laughs> and they understood 
the power of getting into the educational institutions, and okay? Yes, and, they, they and they managed to do all of that. But their stress was if they could not get into the church and take it down from the inside mm -hmm. that they could not accomplish their goals. So their goals starting in the 30s and 40s was how do we get into the, the, the church institution? And they were very deliberate in how they did that. I identifying specific people that they would go into seminaries, for mm. instance, who would end up eventually teaching in seminaries. Because if you get someone who's favorable to socialism, communism, teaching a seminary classroom full yeah. of future pastors, now these pastors go out into the churches and they're favorable to the idea of communism, socialism, these ideas of social justice and so forth. And they teach you know, they're, they're people, okay? And you're like, oh, it's so effective. Then mm -hmm. in this book I'm reading, it was identifying thousands of people that they put into uh, those institutions. Well, now, 50 plus, you know, 70 years later, we've had them in our systems for a long, long time. We know that they have taken over education, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, culturally, it was saying that within the field of entertainment, theater, and so forth, that uh, for every one conservative professor, there were 98 oh my goodness. professors on the left. They've, okay. been, they've been very effective. They've been very effective, haven't they? Okay, and um, and and I I know a lot of young artists, and they would they would uh, would agree with that. Mm -hmm. I agree that they are professors that they would identify as communists. Okay, mm -hmm. the trickier part though is within the church, um, because the then the pastors would go in and co-op some of the language and the the teachings of jesus and twist them just enough yeah just enough that they sound almost biblical yeah i've, I've seen that i've seen a result of that some on social media um where people would were trying to use jesus words and, and talking about you know taking care of the poor and things mm -hmm. of that nature but nowhere in scripture does it say you give your money to the government in order to distribute to the poor where our responsibility is a personal one we as if you want to call it the church or as individuals are supposed to take care of the widow the orphan the poor exactly. uh, from our own you know if and, and willingly exactly. you know not not at the at the uh, at the uh, someone pointing a gun and saying you know give me your money exactly. and i'm going to distribute there's the nothing, wealth there's yeah, nothing yeah. about that that right. you know the, the 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 new believers um in in the story of acts okay of pentecost okay they willingly gave willingly. to each other the okay key. they yeah. sold their stuff they willingly gave to each other but so let's say you get these people who are uh you, you are not um uh, Afraid, let's say even the nice of socialism, communism, who are favorable to it, and you get in, into the churches and you just start slightly twisting these ideas mm, a little bit. The biggest one being love. Okay, what does it mean to love someone? Jesus is all about love. What does that mean? We have so twisted that one in, our, in uh, changing our definition of marriage that it's beyond anything right. that, uh, that uh, Jesus or even first century disciples of yeah. Jesus would ever recognize. Yeah. They, would, would, they would not recognize that. Well, you know, I think that started a long time ago too. It's, and it, it played right into the hands of those you're speaking of, is that when we separated Jesus from from the from the Torah, we separated mm -hmm. Jesus from his root, 
And once again, I think you used the, the phrase, um, you know, we've created them in our own image. Well, the church did that a long time ago when they, when they divorced, it divorced him from his Hebraic root. That's right. And so we've, you know, we, we look at this ancient path. Well, somehow we've decided in our minds that Jesus walked a different path right. or, or told us to leave that path and go to another go path. To jump, you know, jump, jump paths. Jump paths. Jump you know, and then never, and that was not the case, you know. Exactly. But, it, but think about it. I think, you know, because we're laughing, but that's how ridiculous, yeah, that's how ridiculous. The, 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 the tendency of some churches to teach it that way. Right. So if you take that uh, historical uh, truth away from Jesus, and then you add in the uh, lies and deception of man-made ideology like right. socialism. Right. Okay, so you've divorced it from the truth. You've added in lies. You, now you get a lot of junk that's mm. coming out of the churches. Yeah. And I'm, obviously I don't believe every church is like that. Of course not. Uh, of course not. But I've seen it enough. And recently, particularly with social justice movements, um, where uh, they're identifying things as biblical principles that simply are not mm. biblical principles. Right. You know, um, uh, even... In interesting ways, and I'd like to talk about it uh, later, the idea of inclusiveness, including everybody. Well, yes, the gospel is open to everybody. That's anybody, right. any way, shape, you know, they, they, any, anybody, any color, any race, and mm -hmm. any ethnicity, it is open. But not if they don't lay down their former lives exactly and that's the to key. follow and pick up the cross so to speak lay yes. down their former lives then the gospel is not inclusive of just anybody and all lifestyles and all choices no that's such a great point because if you're if there's no change if there's no we, we talked about the hebrew word for um repentance uh, teshuva if it means to go 180 degrees the opposite direction mm -hmm. so if there is none of that then you haven't you haven't left your old style you haven't joined the path you haven't got on that ancient path no. you're still walking your own path yes. under the under the guise of christianity exactly yeah exactly and and then and that's that that I see as um, such a problem right now within the church that we're and we're getting so confused. But what it's also doing is as as even the millennials come up now, okay, they're in their young twenties, you know, mm -hmm. to young thirties or something. Um, they're very disillusioned. They're very disillusioned now because they go into their, these churches and they're, um, they, they've got uh, untruths being re has replaced truth. And they recognize it. They may not know exactly what it is that they're looking for, but they know. They see the inconsistency. Uh, they see inconsistency yes. and they see um, things that just don't fit right with even their understanding. Their, order of you know maybe natural law i don't yeah. know you know even well, maybe even natural law you know if 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 it's true that you know we are spirit beings as well, yes. then there there should be a, a sense of an alignment there yes. that they're they're seeing is off. Yes, and 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 yes. they're you know they're they recognize the inconsistency, they recognize the falsehoods. They're they're left empty or or confused, and they are searching. And they I hope searching. that we can help them get. I, I, I sometimes get so upset with my generation or other generations because I feel like we failed them in many ways because. They didn't come up with 
they're, they're not feeling this way but just we haven't taught them okay yeah. so they can't they can't remember those things if we haven't taught them yeah okay yeah. They, they, they they can't so it was our job to do that and we haven't done that now that being said, I'm glad that there are so many that are feeling that way, are looking for this purpose, looking for what God wants in yeah. them. Uh, I've seen it in those that I mentor, and it's an exciting thing. So while I look and I turn on the news, and it's depressing as can be, mm-hmm. okay, and, and sad and disturbing and scary, I also <laughs> can turn to these some of these young people, and I look at what God's putting in their hearts and uh, the ways that they're, the things that they're searching out, what they're trying to look and find this thing. And I think this is part of that great restoration. Yeah, I I trust that it is, and it, but it, it's in a in a remnant form. Yeah. I think because you said you said narrow is the way mm-hmm. and broad is the way to destruction, but narrow is the way to it, it, they, there there are the those who are this remnant who we've witnessed we've seen it's given us great hope mm-hmm. that there is a, a generation after us that want to get on this path. Yes. And so that's a, you know if we if we're reaching through this podcast let's say there's millions out there that maybe hear our voices but there's going to be a handful that are going to say yes that makes sense that i get that uh i i don't have any you know grand delusions that you know somehow (laughs) we're going to see millions calling us up and follow because this is an unpopular a message as we said yeah. but but it's the truth but it's been so um, overwhelmed by the lies that have uh, been propagated throughout the world uh, the you know well there's too many to name exactly. I mean we, we think about our society today all you have to do is you can you just take a quick look you recognize that we've been lied to right. whether it be by the media whether it be our marketing you know prop, the propaganda out there is is all about what we started this program with serving self right and that's the great lie mm-hmm. uh, it's there's there's so much more there's such a bigger there's a bigger purpose for our lives there is a bigger purpose you know it's god's purpose is part of god's order and it, you know we want to become part of whatever that is that's right. you know if um uh if we if we could as you've said if you could partner with God, that's right. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> so, so if if you can look out there and find what is God doing in this day, and become part of it, and we we can look and see these things. There are, uh, the, there there are these restoration. God has spoken to a lot of people about restoration and said, "There's things out of whack," just like it says in in Acts. Uh, chapter 3 that everything must be restored right. well that implies that everything's out of whack <laughs> yeah, exactly. if everything has you can't to be restore restored what's already then it's already yeah. there and yeah. in whole that's okay? right you can't restore that so um so the, the recognition that everything's not how it's supposed to be but there's this move back okay so let's become part of that and we know that that includes um in our understanding this return to god's word return to torah the the celebration of the biblical holidays something as simple and as fun as that Think about how restorative it is for God's people to participate in the biblical holidays, to participate in Sabbath keeping, okay? Just doing those 
things and those are things that are relatively easy to do they are and i think that's another another great topic for programs mm -hmm. would be to just walk walk through to our audience how we've done that those exactly things, you know, exactly and, those, and are, those are easy yeah. and 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 so th those are part of what god is doing where you can partner with him that's right um you know there's there's the whole topic and we'll talk more i know on on the aliyah and, and god getting his people all back to uh getting back to Israel there's so much work to be done there there's just um, I think it even includes this return within our nation founded on Judeo-Christian principles this return to our uh, national principles too as founded mm. I think that that's part of it sure you know I whether agree. God's going to raise up really godly future politicians um, you know we can't even think of those two words right now together, <laughs> okay? But um, but the founders certainly could, and they yeah. thought that that was it was so important that believers were involved in government. That right. was like so critical to them, and we were like, it, it ah, was. yeah, you know? it was. It, it, and it and was believers crazy. now run from that, they but do. we shouldn't. But you know, God may be raising up uh, uh, young people in that respect too. Mm. You know, and I think that would all be part of it. So I think that that's exciting. It can know? be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to see that happen. I, I, I think it can. I think it can happen. Yeah. But, you know, it, it goes back from the beginning. I kind of opened us with this concept of the Lion King idea. Okay. And Simba, who had gotten off track. Mm -hmm. Okay. And had forgotten who he was and what his place was. Yeah. And I think that's as as believers, we have forgotten that our it is it is our job. God it was establishing, as we've said before, this colony here on earth of uh, you know, his kingdom. And it's our job to make that happen. Yeah. We've forgotten it. Yeah. We've forgotten our role. But now, I think there's things that are reminding us of it. And this is a big reminder. And this is a reminder. The things we've experienced as a nation, I think, have woken some people up. And, and they're, you know, like, wake up, you know, mm -hmm. sleeper, wake up. There's something is, is happening. There are bad things happening, but there are very good things happening. Yeah. And God is doing that, that restoration. And I'm, I'm hoping that, that that will certainly, I know, certainly be topics of a future discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. There's so much we could continue, but uh, exactly. for, for another time. But for another time, exactly. Um, so I look forward to another time i do too okay. this is fun and i hope we're i hope we're reaching hearts and minds i hope we are too shalom everybody shalom. you have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me look inside yourself Simba. you are more than what you have become thank you for listening please join us next time on torah talk